This weekend is a power-packed weekend. We have two baptisms at the noon mass. We had uh, uh, first communions last night. We have now. We have it at the next mass. So it's bustling with these initiation sacraments. Now, practically nobody remembers their baptism because most of us were baptized as babies. So we can't really conjure up that memory. But first communion is different. You will never forget this day, you guys. Never. I remember mine, and none of you are 10 yet, are you? You're not quite 10? Well, let me show you how old I am. You're 10. 10 more is 20. 10 more is 30. 10 more is 40. 10 more is 50. 10 more is 60. Oh, God, it can't be true. 10 more is 70 plus two years. So I am seven times your life old, okay? Really? And I remember my first communion. I remember it. In fact, I remember, I can't, rem I can't believe I can say this, um, but I remember the boy who sat next to me, Richard Telford. I don't know where that came from yesterday. That name just popped into my, into my head. Because he was playing around at every practice. He'd slide under the pew, and the sister would have to come over and grab his ear, and she did it hard. And on the day of communion, when he went to receive, he started crying. He said, oh, I don't like the taste. And we practiced. Did they have a host before, a, a one that was unconsecrated, unblessed before? We used to give them uh, the host so that they would taste it and know, you know. It's just, it's like bread. And he cried because, I don't like it. I thought, oh, my God, he, if he remembers his first communion, he should be embarrassed. <laughs> but the rest of us, we remembered it and we enjoyed it. And I want to I wanna draw uh, some meaning out of this for us today. Uh, earlier in the week, this, this little girl popped into my mind. I remembered her. I think she was about 12 years old at the time. I have to read this because I, I'd never heard of this. Has anybody heard of, I'm going to pronounce it the best I can, Moebius syndrome? Raise your hand if you've heard of Moebius syndrome. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, it, it was a syndrome, it is a syndrome, it's very rare, where a person cannot smile. And in the 1990s, this little girl, she was from Lancaster, Chelsea Thomas, and um, she, she couldn't smile. And can you imagine growing up, she's your age, somebody told a joke, something funny happened, everyone's laughing, and she's going, that's very funny, that's very funny, I'm laughing inside. She couldn't smile. Her face wouldn't do it. For whatever this syndrome did, it made the muscles impossible to do that. So, uh, around 12 years old, she went to Woodland Hills Kaiser Hospital and had a surgery. And when she finished, she was able to smile. Now, I don't know what she thought or what she said, but I think it could have been something like this. We heard in the second reading from the book of Revelation, John, who's seeing a vision, a vision of heaven, and he's overjoyed. And so I'm going to translate it from John to Chelsea. She looks in the mirror for the first time and she goes like this. And she smiles. OMG! She's smiling. So she must have said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The former heaven and the former earth had passed away and there was no sea anymore. I also saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. It's like a vision. I, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, this is God's dwelling with the human race. He will dwell with them. He will dwell with me. 
and we will be his people, and God himself will always be with us as our God. He will wipe every tear from our eyes, and there shall be no more death, mourning, wailing, or pain, for the old order has passed away. Look at my smile. The old order is gone. Behold, says God, I make all things new. I bet she was feeling something like that. For a smile, just because she could smile. Well, we get something more today. <clears throat> and Jesus says it this way, I give you a new commandment. But he gives it to us in the context of something he just said. And listen to what I read in the gospel. Because I know we listen, but sometimes it doesn't hit us, some of the things. For example, he talks about glorification. Five times he says, when Jesus, Judas had left them, and I'm thinking that's at the Last Supper when he went out to betray Jesus. It says, when Judas had left them, Jesus said this, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. That's a lot of glorification going on. All of this glorification going on. And then in that context, Jesus says this, my children, I'll only be here a little while longer before he goes there to the cross. And he says this, I give you a new commandment, love one another. As I have loved you, so you should love one another. This is how everyone will know you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. And I think Jesus is not saying Here's a new commandment. You better love each other. Here's my commandment to you. You gotta love each other. But I think he's saying, you gotta love each other. Don't you get it? If you love each other, God is living in you, dwelling in you. And this is where today makes such a difference. For the first time, you guys are welcoming Christ into you as food. And Jesus was a smart teacher. He didn't want us just to have a, him in our head as an idea, or walk into church and people say, well, where is Jesus? Oh, he's in the tabernacle. It's true. But we eat that bread, the bread, of, the bread of life, the bread sent from heaven. It's Jesus himself. And he says, I am your bread. Because he wants us to think of it as this way. When we eat bread, we don't die, but we, huh? we live. And we've got to take God and Christ into our life. And there's two ways given to us today. The first is this beautiful experience of your first communion. Today you receive Christ for the first time in this way as the bread of life. So the time you eat this bread, you, you, you should feel that there's life, more life in you. And by the way, you shouldn't just come up to receive communion. You should be thinking of this before you leave home. Jesus, I'm on my way to church because I'm going to receive you as the bread of life. And when you get here, you should be saying, Lord, come on in. Come on in. Come and fill me. Fill me with your love. So that when you come up and say, I say the body of Christ, amen, I believe it, then you eat, receive Christ into you. And then it should translate through you into this new commandment, love one another. Now, I told you, I'm seven decades older than you. Do I love differently today at 72 than I did when I was 12? A lot different. A lot more. I even am learning how to love my enemies. 
I preached it for years, but it's growing stronger in me. I can love those who persecute me, those who hate me. And there are people that do. They just don't like me. I don't know what's wrong with them, but they just don't like me. So I love myself, and I know my God loves me, and then I just try to be more loving myself because I say to the people that don't like me, that hate me, you can hate me all you want, but you can't make me hate you because I choose not to be a hater. I want to be a lover. I'm not a hater. I want to be a lover. And every time I receive the Eucharist, that comes into my head. Come on, just come in. I want you here. I want you here. That's what we celebrate today. And I tell you, because I know you understand this, for two years you've not just been waiting for this, but you've been growing in your understanding of this and growing up to this moment. You know, if you walk in our Catholic school in the office, up on the wall, blazoned on the wall, there's three characteristics that we say are happening to these students. And the first one is this, that they are becoming faithful disciples. Faithful disciples. And you know how Jesus said people will know that you're a faithful disciple? Because you love one another. Because you love one another. And I'll tell you where that should start, at home, that you love in your home. And when a family is loving each other, God is so present in that house, God is alive there. And in fact, John, in his first letter, even goes so far as to say this, and see if you can guess what the word is. God is love. God is love. And then he says, Where, uh, if, if, you, if you live in love, God will live in you. God is love. Wherever there is love, there is God. And so we are invited into that today. When you receive Jesus today for the first time in the Eucharist, please, before you get up there to put your hand out, say to him in your heart and your mind, come on in, Lord. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting. Come on in. I want you to be my bread my food, my life. Oh, and by the way, before I finish this Mass, somebody out there, one of you kids tell me, Father, the plants, remind me, okay? Who's going to do it? Which of the children is going to do this to me? I, guess I need to be reminded. Would somebody raise their hand, please? Oh, they're so nervous, I guess, huh? Please stand.